Hey y'all, it's hey your y'all. girl, Julie Global Wilson, and you are tuned into the Color Files podcast. Happy holidays, everyone. If you celebrate, I hope you had a Merry Christmas and that all of your goals and aspirations for the new year come to fruition. Be the badass boss that you are in 2020. Speak that into existence. Well, it's officially the end of the year and the end of the decade, actually, which is insane. And it's also the end of season one of The Color Files. Thank you guys so, 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 so much for listening and tuning into each episode. Without y'all, I would not have the platform to do any of this. It's been a pleasure being able to kiki with some friends, old and new, about their journeys in the beauty industry and being able to share it with everyone. With all of that being said, this week's episode is a little bit different. At the end of every year, most of us tend to be retrospective. And in the nature of reflecting, I'm going to do a roundup of 10 of my favorite moments from the season. Trust me, it was super hard to narrow down. My guests have been lit. And to celebrate the end of this decade, I'm also going to give you my personal top three black girl moments of the past 10 years because it's been epic. You guys can let me know some of your favorite episode moments by mentioning me on my handle, which is at Miss Julie, M-I-S-S-J-U-L-E-E on Instagram and using the hashtag, hashtag the color files. All right, now let's get into it. All right, guys. So it goes without saying that the my number one moment of the year has to be chit-chatting with, kikiing with, having a full-on girl crush moment with Tracy Ellis Ross. I mean, she's an icon. She came from an icon. It was just magical being able to sit in that room with her and have a truly transparent and like sisterly talk about her journey um, in Hollywood and also her beauty journey and her launching her baby pattern beauty, which is as good as you would believe it is. I'm just so blessed that she gave us the time and gave me the time to talk to me. And she's, you know, she was our October cover, which was beautiful and stunning with her glorious Afro on that cover. And it's her fourth time. That was her fourth time being on the cover of Essence, which was really cool too. But I just loved how transparent she was. She really opened her heart to me and to you guys as the listeners and, you know, just really talked about how magical it is being a black woman and the journey to loving herself uh, spiritually and physically and all of those things. So, I I mean, it goes without saying that Tracy Ellis Ross was my number one moment of the year and um, shout out to Tracy for just being so beautiful and transparent and the BFF in all of our heads. I remember going into a hair uh, like a like a salon, um, like beauty supply shop that had mm-hmm. a salon in the back. Yeah. And a guy was like, oh my God. It was during Girlfriends. He was like, oh my God, do you know how many people come in here with a magazine pullout of your hair and tell me they want your hair? And I tell Facts. them I'm going to have to sew it in. And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't have to sew it in. I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, girl, people can't have your hair. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. It's not about sewing the hair. Right. I was like, it's about the products. Exactly. If we have the right products to nourish our hair to 
hydrate, to moisturize, to soothe, to create clumping and slippage in our hair. If we have the right products and the right tools, your hair can do anything. And it's truly like an act of self-care. It is an act of self-care. Your hair, the hair that grows out of your head. And understanding it and learning it and knowing Mm -hmm. the legacy that it comes from, Mm -hmm. allowing it to defy gravity the way it is meant to, allowing it to be the crown that is on your head, allowing the hidden secrets that were buried in our braids and in our locks and all of that. There are maps to freedom. The maps to freedom that were into our, that were braided into our hair, the moments between our mothers and our aunts and our grandmother's legs as the legacy and the history of our families and our culture were literally lot like blessed into Mm -hmm. our locks and our hair and our tresses Mm -hmm. and our scalps, the meditative serums that were concocted in our kitchens, in our bathrooms at like, there is a, um, a dance that has been occurring through our hair for an eternity. All right. My number two moment has to be Beatrice Dixon, who is the co-founder and CEO of The Honey Pot, which are those amazing products that, you know, are for our lady bits. So um, she and I had such a great kiki because I mentioned that, you know, besides myself and my husband, she is so intimately involved with my vaginal health. (laughs) So um, I thank her for being a part of my life with her products, but also she's just an amazing spirit and soul. Like you can just, the moment she walks into the room, you just feel her energy and it's just so beautiful. And you know that you're going to be blessed with a a level of vibration and spirituality that she always delivers. And so I'm so excited about that. And her products came from this, this sense of spirituality and a a dream she had about her ancestors. And um, I just love that she has that power behind her story. And we just laughed and giggled and talked about, you know, manifesting the lives we want and making sure that we, um, you know, make time for self-care. And so I really thank Beatrice for blessing myself and you guys with that conversation. I hope you guys listen to it because we just key cackled about our lady parts and everything. So thank you so much, Beatrice. Because I think you have a really great way of explaining the company and what you do, because I think some people just think, oh, I think I've heard of that, tampons, pads, more than that. And that's why I say I I interact with you on a daily basis because I don't have my period every day. But I do wash my vagina every day. You do. And I'm, you I'm, have I'm so washes. Happy that you do. So I want you to talk about um, what the company is and for anyone if this is discovery for them, if yeah. they're like, who is this queen? What do you do? What did you create in this world? So we are, thank you so much for having me here, by the way. Yes, of course. So the Honey Pot is a plant-based feminine hygiene company. Mm -hmm. Um, We really, we really have a strong focus on fab, on (laughs) (laughs) on vaginal wellness. Yes, vaginal Um, wellness. And, you know, we really, really, um, we've developed a full line of products, whether it's daily, monthly um, sexual wellness. I mean, we mm-hmm. have, we, we, it kind of runs the gamut. So, all right, next up spot number three, uh, it's so hard to rank these, but 
I got to go with Iman. She's a whole entire icon and legend. I mean, she is the supermodel that doesn't stop. She took over the fashion industry and then she took over the beauty industry by introducing Iman Cosmetics, which, as you know, is a collection created for all women of all skin tones. This was before Fenty Beauty. She opened the door and then Rihanna like busted it down. So it was really nice to talk to her about that. She was also on our July, August cover and I was able to write that cover story. So that was really special as well. And, you know, she just was filled with gems and stories. Iman has been through it. You know, she has been a model for three decades now and she has all of these um you know stories that we can learn from she was turned away from a shoot because they didn't have her foundation shade and she's just she's literally paved a path for black women and women within the fashion industry and we thank her for that and i thank her for blessing the color files with her presence what sparked you to like you know do this before fenty beauty before all of these other brands to actually come out and say no, women of color aren't being spoken to. Yeah, well, it because it happened to me when I started modeling. The first job, my first job on my third, on the third day in New York, was for a Vogue, American Vogue, and so I arrive at the shoot. I've never worn makeup in my life before that, and uh, there was another white model, and I was uh, uh, the models, and the makeup artist asked me if I brought my own foundation. I had no idea what he was speaking about. You're like, why would I have to bring my own makeup? Exactly. But then I realized because he started mixing and matching and then he put it on my face and I looked in the mirror and I looked gray. And what saved me, what saved me was all the pictures were in black and white. And black and white photographers. But had they not been, it would have been a mess. The end of my career. Yeah. Because you are just as good as your pictures. Absolutely. And something that's not even your fault, them not being prepared, it could have ended you. Exactly. And so we all know most black models, even today, they will always have their own foundation in their bag just in case somebody doesn't have it yet. Oh my gosh, coming in at number four is my girl, Misty Copeland, who is a principal ballerina at American Ballet Theater, but she is also my friend. Like, I'm just going to geek out for a little bit right now because of all the people that I interviewed this this season, this first season, only a few are like personal close personal friends. And like Misty is one of them. I met her over a decade ago. Our husbands are close. I was at her wedding. Like, you know, this is my girl. And so I'm so proud of her, everything that she's doing. Um, I just love the fact that um, she's such a light in my life. And the fact that I can watch her on the world stage and just be the most badass ballerina in the world. In our conversation, you have to listen to it if you haven't. She talks about her intense workout routine. One thing I didn't know about her that she talked about was the fact that she's rehearsing for hours upon hours upon hours before she even gets into makeup and costume and hits the stage like this woman is such a hard worker such an athlete and honestly just one of the best people I've ever met she's so kind she's so down to earth I'm always like Missy do you know who you are like you're Misty motherfucking Copeland and she's just like I'm just Misty and I'm like no you are more than that but I love her humility and she's just 
so special to me and the world. And I'm just so blessed to call her a friend and a, and a sister friend. Um, so thank you, Misty, for being on the show. And I'm telling you, if you haven't listened to this episode, do it right now. Can you break it down? Because I think people know how busy you are and, you know, and that dancers rehearse and then they have to go and perform. But like, break down like a typical day when you're like right now you're in rehearsal and then you're in the performance season but like what does your day look like like what time uh, are you getting up how yeah. much rehearsal i know so mondays are are typically like my day off mm-hmm. and that's when i do everything outside of dance so literally my mondays are like usually booked from morning to night that's when i'm shooting under armor commercials or i'm shooting uh, doing interviews uh book tour signings like speaking engagements yeah. so like when that's like the day of rest for my body i'm literally still working for time like a full day from like 8 a.m till 8 p.m probably and then my week starts it on tuesday and that's um i'm usually up by eight but it's ballet class from from 10 to 11 45 and then we're in the studio rehearsing from 12 to 7 five days a week hold up rewinds 12 to 7 12 to 7 you are in a leotard and tights and you are spinning and twirling and doing all the things yeah and that's what i'm saying that. like i'm not looking in a mirror in the morning i'm like i gotta go do oh you forget what you wore there you like in the day and you're like what was i wearing today so like i said there are a few people on this list who are like personal friends of mine and this next person is that as well i call him my brother and it is sir john who as you all know, is Beyonce's number one makeup artist. Like he touches the queen, like all the time. I know I'm having a lot of pauses because I'm just like, it's so epic what he does for a living. And again, like Misty, he's such a cool dude. Like I just like hanging out with him. He's just like, he is just the nicest, kindest, chillest, coolest person ever. And then on top of that, he has such a cool job. And this year on, he was my first episode ever on the color files, which was really special. And he talked his makeup collaboration. He did with luminous cosmetics that he did around the Lion King movie, which we all know was a smash. And the collection was stunning and beautiful. I love it. I still wear it to this day. Um, and then he talked about his journey to being, um, you know, not only doing Beyonce's makeup, but doing all of these other amazing, um, you know, stars makeup as well and how he stood in his power. And he just has a really, really unique and amazing story. His episode is probably one of the most inspiring ones out of the whole season. You have to listen to his perseverance and his sense of worth. He knows how dope he is and he stood in that dopeness. And I think about that every day and it allows me to stand in my dopeness as well. So I thank you, Sir John. I thank you, brother. You were such a blessing um, to be my first episode of The Color Files and I will never forget it. You don't make any money, you know? Oh, so I, know. I, I, made, I made like $50 on an editorial shoot for a 10 hour day. Right. So, but also that speaks to the fact that the people who have the time to uh, to be interns, those girls who are able, this is also socioeconomic and in, in terms of opportunity, like the people who can work for free, who are all the PR girls, who all the girls who are actually at the fashion agencies or whatever that looks like in the big houses, they were able to work for free because their parents bankrolled their life, you know? 
Um, so if, I you, know. if you think it's about very it, but similar. The, those, those opportunities didn't come to people who just, who needed to work and make Absolutely. money. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to work at night <laughs> at the strip <laughs> at, club. At the, at the club. And also they sent me to, they sent me, I remember I told the girls, I was like, Hey, I got this cool opportunity to go to Europe, you know, with this lady named Pat McGrath or whatever. And they were like, I was like, but I can't go. Cause I just got bills and I have stuff to do, you know, whatever I was, I didn't think I would be able to make it. And they was like, Oh no, you're going to go. And so they took a jar, you know, and they, they actually peeled some dollars no, off. Stop. They sent me. My, they twerked you. They sent me to all Europe, the way to Europe for the first to time. To Europe. Yeah. These totally. girls dropped it like it was hot. Totally, yeah. For you to do <laughs> that show yeah. in Milan. Yeah. So I, went, I honestly got to Milan. My first passport stamp ever. I'm sorry. I'm dead. Yeah. I'm dead and all gone. Right. Okay. Coming in at number six is another icon because oh, come on, I just talked to icons. I love it. It's Veronica Webb, legendary supermodel. Um, We talked about how she pretty much looks 25, and I just don't understand it. Um, Her blog, which is Webb on the Fly, it's all about pro-aging, fashion, and beauty. We talked about healthy eating. I promised her that I would become vegan for every single day until dinner, and I failed miserably. Um, I just like bacon and things too much. So I'm sorry, Veronica. But I did love the conversation we had because, you know, she was just so real. Again, I I love the fact that in all of my episodes, I'm able to pull out like real authenticity and realness from everyone I'm talking to and they feel really comfortable opening up. I think it's, you know, I think it's one because, you know, we, we have a good vibe. I also think it's the fact that they're with essence and they know that they're speaking to us. And I definitely got that feeling with Veronica. She definitely, um, is here for black women and and empowerment. And again, about pro-aging in the fashion industry, also about um, body inclusivity and talking about plus-size models, which she's obviously an advocate of, and then just making sure that, you know, we can all, you know, see ourselves reflected in the media and fashion and beauty, and she's such an advocate for that, and I thank Veronica for being um, such a warrior to this day in the industry. She was dope. When I first started in the business, like the kind of hair tools that people have now, like, you know, flat irons and, you know, stuff that you can just plug in easily and transform your hair. No, you had to have a stove or you, or you had to have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even when I was interviewing Iman, she even said like, it really can screw with your career. Like what, basically what you're saying. She was like, if I go onto um, a job and the makeup artist doesn't have my right foundation, I'm looking like pale. Once the lights hit me and the flat camera flash, then I don't look strong. The images aren't strong and therefore I don't look strong. And so that could prevent me from getting the next gig. I lost covers because of that. Mm. And that's part of the reason why I gave the example of Australia. I mean, um, I, it was like 88 and I was booked for a major cover for Mademoiselle. People who are older will remember what this magazine is. Magazine. <laughs> and the hairdresser could not have been nicer. He had zero idea of how to do my hair he, just... and you just couldn't do it. And there were four other girls there. And so they kind of sent me home because, well, they didn't kind of send me home. They sent me home. Cause they were like, we don't know what to do with this yeah. black woman's hair. Yeah. And they weren't going to find another hairdresser. 
And there was, you know, I couldn't call Glam Squad or go and buy a flat iron. All right, number seven. Ooh, I I kind of hit a good note there. Um, number seven is Mahisha Dellinger. If you don't know who Mahisha is, look her up immediately. This woman is the founder and CEO of Curls Hair Care. And not only is that brand just dope and my my curls are just thankful for her, but she's a boss and someone who has completely transformed herself. She didn't start in this industry. She was just passionate. And she said, I'm going to create something. And now she's a millionaire. She's a mom. She has new products coming out. She has a whole new CBD venture happening where she's, she has an ingestible CBD tincture and she's also coming out with CBD hair products. I mean, she is a force to be reckoned with. And I I'm so glad, again, to call a woman like this a friend, a sister friend, and I'm just so inspired by her every single day. You have to listen to this episode if you are at all thinking about starting a new business or, you know, um, changing careers, or if you just have a big idea and you don't know how to start, listen to Mahisha's story and listen to the gem she drops because she can really help you and push you to take that leap. And also know that God's got you. She's such a faithful woman as well. She was like, God's got me. I'm going to go do this. And she did. And she's thriving. And again, she's a millionaire. She's a mom. And she's doing it. Love you, Mahisha. Well, you are smack dab in the middle of the beauty industry and just kicking butt with curls. I mean, it's tell me a little bit about that journey because you didn't start off in beauty. No, actually, I started off at Intel Corporation, a high-tech company. I thought I wanted to retire from Intel until I hit corporate racism and knew at that moment, never again will I allow any person to control my financial destiny. When Mm. I had that one racist manager try to get rid of me, I was a young single mother. I didn't have anyone to fall back on for money. It was devastating. It was was really, really, really aggressively fearful. I was really afraid of... Knowing that I can walk in that office any day and my, he could tell me, I have to go, you're done. He had that much power because he put me on a corrective action plan. And that mm. amount of stress was crazy. So once yeah. I got through that, I said, this will never happen to me again. I have to figure out how to make this shift. And that shift was entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. I had to. I, it was. And it was, why beauty? Well, at the time I was a newly natural mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Kiana, but I had just gone natural. And I was looking for products. And that's kind of, as you understand, that's typically the best way to launch a business, an untapped need. So back in 2002, before there was a, you can hire a blogger to promote your brand and push it on Instagram. No, it was way, way before that Mm -hmm. when it was all grassroots guerrilla marketing. But I really knew that I knew what I knew that there were, this was not a trend. It wasn't a fad that when we're going back to their natural hair in groves and it was going to continue. Oh my God. I'm so blessed. Again, coming in at number eight is another friend of mine and someone who I've grown in this industry with. And her name happens to be Felicia Walker Benson. Felicia Walker Benson is best known as this, that beauty on all the social media handles. And she is just a beauty expert and um, a thought leader in the beauty industry, an influencer, whatever you want to call it. She's doing the damn thing. 
And I just love her because, like I said before, we grew up in this industry. I was able to see her grow from role to role and now being a complete entrepreneur, which I think is so inspiring. Um, and I just love how Felicia is that girl who knows all the things about beauty, right? She knows what the paraben is and the AHA and the BHA and, and whatever it is. So when ever I'm feeling like, mm, what is this product about? Or like, how do I use this? She's a complete educator in that sense. And it just shows what a badass expert she is in the industry and how we need her as a black woman speaking to these trends and these products. She's just really great. So definitely check out that episode if you are a real like beauty geek because that's what she is and I love her for it. Educate yourself on your skin. You are the expert on your skin. Mm-hmm. You know, you deal you deal with it every day. So you want to understand what's going on and be able to adjust accordingly, mm-hmm. not use that one thing from here to eternity. And you're like, Got but it. my skin isn't responding. Well, your skin is changing. So now you need to change. Mm-hmm. Having said that, mm-hmm. I love some vitamin C. Okay. I love retinol for brightening, okay. for like early correction and like pro correction of wrinkles and like early proactive. I started using retinol when I was like 21. And I really think that that really helps like preserve my best skin. Um, I really think everyone needs an esthetician, a dermatologist, a plastic surgeon, Mm -hmm. like, in their repertoire. Wait, like a plastic surgeon, like, should I be going under the yes. knife? What's going okay. on? Well, not under the knife, but here's the thing, and I just talked about this on the main stage. Every expert has their wheelhouse. Like, you can come to me, I can tell you everything, but I can't pop your pimple. I can't, there are a lot of things I can't do. I can give you lots of advice based on my research and experience. An esthetician, they can give you your facials, give your facial massage. So you go to an esthetician like three times a year. Dermatologists, if your situation is more elevated, the products aren't working, a dermatologist can help you there. But a plastic surgeon can do things even further if you're not liking the results you're seeing or if you want to try something, you know, more, I don't want to say aggressive, but more in so line with what your like skin might need. And that- Okay, so speaking of badassness, coming in at number nine has to be Melissa Butler. She is the founder and CEO of The Lip Bar, which I'm sure you guys all know, lip bar, lipsticks are everything. But beyond lipsticks, Melissa launched a whole entire like makeup collection this year called Fast Face. So bravo to that, being an entrepreneur and not only just, you know, resting on your laurels, but expanding your company, which she completely did. She's probably one of the most beautiful and kind people I've ever met. Don't get it twisted. She is about her business, but I love the fact that, um, Every time I see her, she just has a smile on her face. She has a hug for me. We're talking about all the things. We encourage each other. Um, she talks about, you know, handling rejection and demanding respect as a black woman on the podcast episode we did. I just love her determination and the fact that she's going to win. And this this sis hails from Detroit. Veronica Webb also is from Detroit. I have some Detroit sisters on this list. But um, she she's dope. And um, I just wish nothing but the best for her and more and more and more for the lip bar. When I think about people not starting, it's like you have this goal, right? And it's like you've, you've been thinking about it forever, but you feel like you have all of these barriers to get started. That's really just fear because you don't need money to start 
I think most entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs think that money is the one key factor that they're missing when really it might be vision. It might be that you need a team. It might be that you need to get more innovative. And so you really have to be honest with yourself and figure out what that why is because when you get to that why and it it is ingrained as your purpose in your soul, you will get creative. And that's the good thing about not having money. When you think about like people who are yes. super rich or like For sure. yeah, trust fund 100%. babies, they have no vision. They just throw it everywhere. They have no vision because yeah. they're, like, they're spoon fed. Uh-huh. But when you have nothing, that's when you get really scrappy. That's when you get really creative and you, you really start figuring things out. Yeah. And that's the sweet sauce. Mm-hmm. That's when you get to learn all of the facets of your business because you can't afford to pay anybody. Mm-hmm. So that when you do have money to hire, it's like, oh, no, I know what this videography should look like. I know what a brand book. I know what a sales sheet looks like. Last but not least, at number 10, we have Fatima Thomas, who is the senior national makeup artist for MAC Cosmetics. Okay, we all love MAC. Like, let's just be honest. Like, it's iconic. It's something that we all grew up with. It is so prestige and amazing whenever you have a MAC product. Like, you're just like, I'm wealthy and I look good. Um, The fact that Fatima, this amazing black woman, is behind a lot of those products that that we see at the MAC counter, a lot of the looks that trend during the year is just so dope. She She was such a good interview because, again, she was just so transparent parent and she shared all the tidbits and all the tea of behind the scenes at Mac and talked about her own journey and how, you know, she she really knew what she wanted to do, but didn't know that it could actually be a career. But she's encouraging people that, you know, being creative is just as important as having a college education. And she is complete proof of that. She is a boss over at Mac. And I love that she took the time to come and talk to us. And she promised to come to the Essence offices to do um, some master classes. So I'm going to hold her to that. I don't think I had the total awareness that this, how how much of a career this could be, because because it's sort of right under our noses. Mm -hmm. And a, a really good friend back in those days, back in the 90s, you know, I'd taken some time off from college. Let's call it what it is. I dropped out for a while because I was burnt out. I was really tired. Look, it's I not was for working everyone. and going to school and I was burnt out. And I said, let me take a break and kind of regroup and get my game plan together. And during that period, one of my really close friends, you know, I was having a chat with her and I was saying, okay, well, I got this college catalog and I'm going to look at the classes. I'm going to, you know, I'm getting ready to register. And she's like, ah why don't you just become a makeup artist? And I tell you, it was a revelatory moment. The clouds literally opened up and sun shone down on me. And I said, oh my goodness, duh. That's what I should be doing. Duh, yeah. Because I was always the kid in my friend group that loved makeup, that kind of knew how to use it or figured out how to use it. And I was an artist. And she said, that's your passion. That's what you love. And I said, duh. I said, exactly. And makeup is everywhere, but people don't, Think about it, because every TV commercial, every movie, every soap opera, everything, everywhere you on look, men, on, on women, men, on women, like political debates. You know, I've been at the Democratic National Convention under those uh, stages, right? Touching up Powdering. John Kerry, right before he goes on to speak. So.
All right. We've come to the point of the program where I'm going to talk about three personal top black girl moments of the year. And... You know, there's obviously some pop culture moments that have happened, a lot that have happened in 10 years, but like my personal life has been lit. I just, I got to take a moment to testify about what's happened to me personally as Julie Global Wilson um, in the past 10 years. I mean, in the past 10 years, I got married to my best friend, Rasan Wareham. Shout out, baby. Um, we had a baby, Orion. Um, I got this job at Essence. I mean, I've been living my dreams for the past 10 years. And the fact that I have a podcast now where I can talk to all of you and I can talk to people I really admire and love is truly a blessing and insane that all of this, all of this change All of these amazing highlights and milestones have happened in this past decade. Obviously, I mean, if we want to talk about pop culture stuff, I mean, all things Beyonce. I mean, dropping albums at midnight, Lemonade, Lion King, Homecoming. Rihanna is a whole entire beauty mogul and intimate mogul. I mean, I think she's single-handedly taking down Victoria's Secret, which is insane. All Shonda Rhimes. Issa Rae, Lena Waithe, like all of those black women behind the scenes in Hollywood. Cardi B just took us by storm. I love her authenticity too. And just that she is who she is. I think that this past 10 years has been really a journey for me of truly stepping into myself and being unapologetically Julie Um, on my social media. I'm very transparent. Um, I've been blessed to, with a beautiful family, friends, and a career that I love. Um, I think that I also share with you the lows, you know, there's many highs in my life, but I also try to show that I am human and reality is reality. And so I'm just thankful for all the platforms I have to connect with you guys, the listeners and the readers of Essence and the people that come out to festival and come to the beauty carnival and wherever I meet you, even if it's on the street, some of y'all be finding me out in these streets and stopping me on the train or if in the grocery store. And I love it. I love every second of it because sometimes, you know, you get into the work and you're grinding and you're hustling and you're doing everything you can to put out good work and to create a legacy for yourself. And sometimes you don't look up and like, you don't know if people are listening or watching or reading. And the fact that you guys are is more than I can ever ask for. I'm like almost like moved to tears talking about this right now because I prayed to be able to tell stories and to um, talk to people I admire and to have platforms to talk to you and I have them. And so I'm really grateful and I thank you all for listening.